Dwellers, welcome to episode 9 of Dwelling on Ellen. I am your host, Sarah Kennedy. Uh, we are four weeks away from my birthday, which was the whole catalyst for doing this. Uh, Dwelling on Ellen, if you've never listened before, is a deep dive into the life and career of Ellen DeGeneres. And we have been doing this for so many weeks. Uh, please check out the other episodes. Uh, you don't have to in order to get what we're talking about today. But if you like what you hear, here's, here's some more. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some of Ellen's bits that she does that are my favorites. Um, we've got a whole lot of different weird things that she does um, all over in different spots, and so I'm super excited to get to talk about them today. Uh, I wanted to kick everything off with a weird Ellen fact. I found this very strange Ellen fact while I was doing my own deep dive into her career, finding out information to share with you guys today. Um, did you know that Ellen and Madonna have... Uh, a common 10th great-grandfather. So it looks like Ancestry.com did this big project, and they found out that if you go far enough back, Ellen and Madonna are totally related, which is crazy. And they even have a representative from Ancestry.com who says, it's not every day that you discover two celebrity icons are related, but it's their similarities that makes the connection so extraordinary. They were both born the same year, they have both written books, (laughs) and have been on tour, and they are known for their impressive dance moves, which is a very sweet thing for them to say. Um, But also I like the idea that they've both written books, so they must be related. That's why, you know, Dr. Seuss and um, Nietzsche have so much in common. Uh, but yeah, so the Madonna, Ellen, totally blood. That's awesome. I wonder who, who I'm related to. I bet I'm related to Madonna also, if we went far enough back. I mean, if we go far enough back, aren't we all related to Madonna? Hmm. Really makes you think. <laughs> So, uh, I want to give you guys kind of a heads up. The last episode we're going to be doing of Dwelling on Ellen uh, will be on my birthday, and it is going to focus on Ellen's legacy, so the way that she's impacted all of our lives. I want to include you guys in on this, and so that's why I'm introducing this today, and hopefully we can get enough together that we have a really um, fun and interesting last episode. So... When we're talking about Ellen's legacy, I want to hear stories from you guys about Ellen, memories that you have about how she's impacted you, or some sort of stories that you'd like to tell, or even words that you'd like to say about her. Uh, So if you could, I've set up a Google Voice number that you can call and leave a voicemail, and I will uh, take all those voicemails and I will piece them together and we will all be part of the last episode together. So the voicemail's phone number, give you a second to grab your phone, it is 505 because i got to represent New Mexico, 505-652-4565. So one more time, that phone number is 505-652-4565. We're going to make a montage of everybody's messages for the last episode, so please call that phone number, 505-652-4565, and and leave your your words about Ellen, because I think this could be something really, really special. Uh, but that's the last episode. We got weeks till then. Let's jump into the day. So the first bit of Ellen's that I want to talk about today is uh, her performance of Shoop by Salt and Pepper. I've mentioned it a couple times uh, in past episodes about how much Ellen loves this song and loves to show people that she knows this song. Uh, she most recently did it on her talk show with Rebel Wilson because Rebel Wilson also loves this song and she was bragging that she could sing it. So they sang it together and you can watch that video online. It, it got shared quite a bit because it was a 
It was a pretty good performance. Um, she also does it at the end of her special Here and Now. We talked about that during the stand-up episode. Uh, she actually, there's a, she, there's a like a joke in the stand-up, in, like in the actual special that she mentions the song. And she kind of does it like she's just talking. And she's going through all the lyrics like they're just words she's saying. Uh, and then everybody claps and laughs a lot. But then at the very end, like if you stay just a little bit past the credits, she does the full performance of it. And it is... Really, really something special. Uh, and I, you know, I remember seeing that, and I remember I knew that when she did it with Rebel Wilson, I was like, ah, she knows Shoop. She's been doing it for years. And I couldn't really remember when this started for her. And uh, looking into it, it seems that the first time she ever performed Shoop was for the VH1's Divas concert in 2002. And I, somewhere in the back of my mind, remember her performing this. And it was like... I mean, if you if you think about all the stuff that we've discussed so far on the podcast, 2002 was after she had uh, had her second sitcom canceled, uh, and after she had gone through uh, her breakup with uh, Anne Heche, and it was before 2003, which as of right now we all know is the year that she kind of re like was reintroduced to the public, public just to the public. <laughs> so. Um, so 2002 is kind of a weird year for her to be performing at this VH1 Divas concert. Uh, but she did it, and she did Shoop, and it was one of the highlights of the whole episode. Uh, and uh, I think maybe because it was a highlight of the episode, it was a highlight for her, because she hadn't really been doing a lot of work up until then. Still, she's kind of still struggling. So maybe that's why Shoop has such a special part in her heart, and that's why she likes to crack it out every, every now and then. Uh, if you guys have never heard Shoop before, it is... A salt and pepper classic. Uh, salt and pepper have I, I got to see them live actually a couple months ago for the I Heart the '90s tour that they've been doing, and they are incredible performance performancers. What performers? Um, they I mean you think Ellen does a good shoop? You should see the people who originally created the song. They are, they just kill it. Uh, Ellen's version is uh it's done like a little tongue-in-cheeky i mean i would say that and we're going to talk a little bit about ellen's dancing later on in this episode but a lot of how ellen approaches things like hip-hop or even like hardcore choreography is always done with this whole kind of um cheeky like look at what i'm doing i'm i'm ellen i'm dancing and um so she's not i think what makes it so charming is that we don't expect it to be good and then she is proficient at it so it is it ends up being double good because it's it's good and funny uh whereas i think the expectations for the crowd are that it's not even going to be good but uh, she does shoop uh like nobody except for salt and pepper (laughs) so that's just a few words on shoop Let's go ahead and keep moving on. This next bit that Ellen does doesn't get talked about hardly at all. And I had a really hard time finding evidence of it on the internet. It was something she did in the first season of her, of her talk show. And it, it, I, it stuck out to me as just the most clever original thing. And I'd never seen anybody do it before. And I honestly don't think I've seen anybody do it since. Uh, it is when Ellen and now Ellen gives out giant checks because Ellen is so giving on her show. She gives to, uh, audience members and and teachers and, and, and kids and families and all kinds of stuff. And she always gets, um, a big novelty check. You know, you've seen giant novelty checks all over the world. They, they give them out for anything. Basically I would kill to own one someday, just a big dry erase novelty check. Um, so Ellen 
on the first season of her show would give out big novelty checks, even as prizes and stuff to people in her audience. Uh, or she would accept them from charities. And my favorite thing was when she ever, they would have a, like a, or like a big corporation would come on to donate a giant check to charity in Ellen's name. They would give her big giant check and she would say, thank you so much. And she'd take it down to the stage and then she like would pull out a giant purse from behind the chairs and she would fold up the check, open the giant purse and just shove the check inside the giant purse and then like carry it off like it was her check. But it was huge. Like imagine uh, how I mean, it's almost as tall as she is. And so she did that once with a purse. She did it once with a giant wallet, like a big billfold that she opened up, slid the check in and folded up the wallet and like put it away. And then one time she had to write a check, so she did it with a giant pen and wrote out the check, ripped it up, and gave it away. That's just hilarious. I, it's, giant novelty checks are things that you see on a million TV shows, and you never think of them as... I mean, real. You, I mean, you only see them as real checks, like in movies like um, Happy Gilmore when he tries to cash them and that kind of stuff like those. So there is like there's the kind of the the comical nature of large checks in general, but the idea of putting them into other large accessories is really really funny to me. Um, and like I said, there's no there's there's no videos of her doing this on the internet. The only thing I could find was this one YouTube video from the very first season of her show where she's just talking about how women are carrying bigger and bigger purses and then she says, and I'm not even immune to this, and she has this one, she has a TV right off her shoulder and on the TV they show a screenshot of her with a giant purse that she had put the giant novelty check inside of. Um, and then that's it. I took a screenshot of the screenshot. It's, it's terrible screen quality, but I'll try to share it with you guys just so you can believe me that this was a real thing she did. It was, it was, and it's hilarious. I wish she'd, I wish she'd bring it back just so I could, you know, have more proof that I'm not crazy about that. Uh, but anyway, so th that YouTube video actually is another bit that she does uh, that I want to kind of fold into this this segment because not only did she have the, um, so she's going on in the, she's showing them the giant purse. She's talking about how purses are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then she goes out into the crowd and she just gets these two ladies to let Ellen just dig through their purses and look inside of what's going on. She has one lady with a giant purse and one lady with a teeny tiny purse, and she uses the lady with the teeny tiny purse to kind of tease the lady with the big purse, like, you don't need such a big purse, this girl's got all the stuff in hers. And then at the very end, she gives them both Michael Kors bags. What? That's what makes Ellen so special. <laughs> Michael Kors bags. Uh, but she actually, th that was another thing that she would do. She would start off her monologue, she would go into the crowd to start dancing, and then as she was dancing with the crowd, she would just pick up a lady's purse and take it down into the to her seat. When she sat down at the seat, she would just dig through the lady's purse and ask questions to the person in the audience whose purse it was about what why they carried what they carried in their purse. I'm surprised she never found, like, a gun or something, like, too... I, guess, I don't know. Maybe that's just not the audience for Ellen, the people who bring guns to Burbank, California, but... I mean, she could have. There could have been some drugs. I don't know. Any, something in there. Weird, unmarked bills could have been in there. I don't know. But Ellen seems pretty safe, and uh, the her audience seems pretty safe, too. So it was a neat thing that she did. And a surprising thing, too. All right, let's go ahead and move on. So today, for our third segment, we're going to be talking about Ellen's dancing. So Ellen and dancing go together like... Horse and Carriage. Ellen is known, especially now since she started her talk show, 
for her dance moves. And uh, if you've never seen an episode of Ellen, I, I kind of give you a breakdown uh, in the episode where we talked about her talk show. But she does kick off every episode with a monologue and then a big audience dance. And then she goes to her seat to sit down. Uh, and uh, it's great. That's why it's part of the reason why she doesn't have a house band. She has a DJ. It's part of the reason why, um, you know, Barack Obama looks so cool when he went on Ellen because even when the guests come out, she's already kind of created this space where her dancing is encouraged. And so uh, they come out and they dance. And so she danced with Barack Obama. That's part of the reason why uh, Cy teaching Britney Spears how to do the, um, uh, gosh, what's that called? You know, Gangnam Style. Uh, kind of fit in with the, I mean, dancing and having a good time is kind of just the, the, just a, it's like a fractal. It's a small part of the overall good time that Ellen wants people to have when they go to see her and when people watch her on TV. So dancing is kind of like a shorthand that she does to kind of express that with people. Uh, and it's great too, because not only does she do this on the talk show and the talk show has been going since 2003. So, you know, 14 years of dancing every single day. She actually has, uh, dancing shows up in different spots of her career all throughout it. So uh, if you guys remember when we talked in the stand-up episode, um, she kicks off the start of her special at the beginning with an interpretive dance. And that kind of explains all about how she came out and how what, what it was like to come out without any words. It was just her interpretive being, interpretively dancing. Uh, which is awesome because, like we talked about in that episode, it was a way to um, kind of cover all that stuff because she expected that the audience wanted her to cover all that stuff without actually having to, like, dive down and deep into it. She did about a, a minute and a half of dancing, and then she was able to just move on to her normal stand-up stuff. So then interpreted dance. And also, she kind of, like, if given the chance, Ellen would love to show off dancing. So it was kind of a neat way for her to be like, well, I could dance. And that would get everything going. Uh, so she does it in her stand-up. Also, there's an episode of Ellen's sitcom, and we didn't talk about this uh, at the very beginning when we talked about her TV show. Uh, there's an episode where her parents kind of make fun of her for not being very graceful, and so she joins a ballet class. And, um, it, I mean, she gets a chance to do a lot of really funny... Um, slapsticky kind of physical humor in that episode because, you know, she isn't at first the most graceful person and um she's wearing like the tights and everything too and because they're supposed to be doing swan lake which is i think pretty advanced for a beginner ballet class but i'm not i'm not here to judge so she <laughs> goes out and does this and then she actually ends the episode and uh so she the episode ends where like she kind of is just by herself in a studio and she does this like very beautiful graceful ballet just by herself just for her and then she ends it right over by the mirror, and she looks in the mirror, and she goes, not graceful, huh? And then she, like, goes to walk out of the room. And I don't remember, I, I feel like there's some sort of pratfall or some sort of jokey thing that happens at the very end of that, but there's that kind of brief moment where she's able to be like, see, I could do this. Uh, but, and the weird thing is, is, like, <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's pretty touching and cool. And then I thought about it a little bit. If you look at the way the <laughs> shots are cut during that, like, solo dance, I'm not entirely convinced that it was Ellen doing the ballet. Like, I could watch her every day dance on her talk show, and I believe that, no problem, because she does that cool, like, she does that walking thing where she moves her arms a lot, and then she does the hip check thing with ladies in her audience, but a full-on ballet. I mean, that's asking a lot. 
even of a person who was 20 years younger. Um, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a, if it's a, uh, a stand-in or a, like a, a person that they got to dance, like a dance, um, double. Uh, maybe I'll go back and watch it. If I can find like just a clip of it, I will share it on Twitter with you guys and we can discuss as to whether or not you guys think that it was a double or if you think it was really her. So yeah, so she's got that, uh, ballet episode. She's done it in her stand-up. She does it in her talk show. Also, um, you know, we talked in the past about how she is the host of a lot of award shows, and dancing shows up for her there, too. I found a trailer for the 2014 Oscars that was actually directed by Paul Feig, or uh, Feig, Feig, kind of probably somewhere in the middle, like Feig, um, and he, he, especially that year, was known for directing Bridesmaids. And so he directed this whole big dance scene, like, on a soundstage street where she kind of comes out in a cool tuxedo, just, like, really cool. Like, I'm very jealous of this tuxedo. And she's singing uh, The Walker by Fitz and the Tantrums, and she's lip-syncing it. So she's, like, walking and being cool, dancey Ellen while she's walking. And then um, as she's going down the street, more and more backup dancers join her, and they're all wearing tuxedos, and they're doing, like, full-out choreography, but she's standing, like, center camera singing right right center and so she keeps walking everybody keeps going and then like at the very end it's like this really big ta-da where they all have their arms up and ellen just looks so dang cool during the whole thing but anyway that's another example of her dancing i will definitely put that video up they have um not only do they have the trailer where she gets out and she just just does it from beginning to end they also have a behind the scenes making of little featurette on youtube about um like all the different blocking they had to do all the dancers getting their steps her talking with Paul Feig, and uh, at the very end of it, there's an interview with her where she was like, well, why wouldn't I want to work with him? He's so great. And plus, he directed Bridesmaids, and I want to be in Bridesmaids, too. <laughs> so, you know, eye on the prize. Ellen, Ellen's got the eye on the prize. I would love to see um, a Bridesmaids, too, that has some sort of character for Ellen in it, because, I, I mean, I love Kristen Wiig. Melissa McCarthy was the breakout role in that movie, Everybody in in that movie, Ellie Kemper, all, all of them, they're so funny. And so Ellen has such a different energy than that, too. So I wonder if, like, it would add to the mix or if it would be different. I'm sure it would be, it would definitely be different, but different good or different bad? That's the question. All right, let's go ahead and take it to the end. You guys, next week I am so excited because we are going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Ellen's coming out episode. Uh, we're going to discuss the famous puppy episode, which we alluded to when we were still talking about her sitcom a few episodes ago. And we're also going to talk about the Dateline interview she had with Diane Sawyer. Both of those are huge cultural moments in America. And so I'm super excited for us to kind of dig down deep into those. Because um, it's been 20 years. 20 years since Ellen came out. That is, that's crazy. Uh, I'll, I've got tons of stories about it, so I'll, I'll save them for next week, but definitely listen in next week. Until then, please rate and review this podcast, Well and on Ellen, on iTunes. I love getting a chance to read all the reviews you guys have done so far, and I really appreciate it. Um, also, please follow the show on Twitter. Like I said throughout this episode, there are things I like to share uh, between you and me, on, on and Twitter's the best place to do that. So if you have weird random thoughts about Ellen throughout the day, go ahead and tweet them at me and uh, I'll make sure to engage with you there. And then also like, you know, I highlight cool stuff that happens on the show all the time. So feel free to reach out there. Also, I just one more time want to mention that if you have any stories about Ellen or a memory or some kind of kind words that you'd like to say about her, please 
please leave a voicemail at 505-652-4565 so that I can include them into the montage of everybody's messages in our last episode, which is going to be about Ellen's legacy and how much she means to all of us. So, uh, yeah, that's all the stuff in the future. I want to thank you guys for listening today. You guys are awesome. Uh, I am thrilled to get to do this every week, and I am so excited to talk to you guys next Friday. Bye.